0: Please be seated. So I got a text from David Stevenson, our assistant pastor, at 5.34 this morning, saying that he had had a rough night, looks like he's coming down with flu, and that he would be unable to preach this morning. This was a shame for at least three reasons. First of all, it's terrible to have... To have the flu uh, makes you feel like you want to, you know, feel, makes you feel like you're going to die. After a while, makes you feel like you want to die, and uh, at Christmas especially. Uh, secondly, it was a shame because uh, he'd worked very diligently all week uh, long on a, a sermon for an excellent sermon for this morning. Uh, thirdly, a shame because I did not work diligently all week long. Um, <laughs> For an excellent sermon this morning. Uh, So how grateful we are that it is the Lord who blesses the word and it's not about the preacher. So let's bow our heads together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are particularly particularly mindful this morning of, of something that is true all the time, that the power in your words comes from you and comes from your spirit speaking to us through it. And so, Lord, we ask that you would come and that you would do just that, that you would guide our thoughts, guide our reflections, that you would rule and overrule the words of of my lips and that we might hear from you in this time and find that it is helpful and find that we would leave knowing that it was good for us to have been here this morning. We ask that you be with David, give him health and strength and recovery and bless his family at this time, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So let's review where we've been with this Advent series so far. We began in the first two weeks looking at those key truths that we celebrate at Advent. Week one, we celebrated God with us, recognizing that God has broken into time and space in the person of his son who is named Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So that as I mentioned at the start of the service, God is not some aloof deity looking on from far away, but he is near to us. He is is with us. The second week we celebrated that, that second focal point of Advent, which is that as he came the first time, so surely he will come again, that he is now God over us, ruling and reigning until that day when he returns. Last week we began to think, well, okay, how do we live between these two comings, between his first coming and his second coming, In what way is God with us during this time? And we said that we now have God in us, that the Holy Spirit has been sent as the personal presence of God to minister to those who have faith in him, that as Jesus did with his disciples, so the Holy Spirit continues to do with all disciples even to this day. This week, we look at our fourth and final theme of our Advent series, which is God through us, that God is making his presence felt today between these two comings, not just in the person of his Holy Spirit, but he is also making his presence felt in this world. He is making his love known to this world through the people that are the church, that through the lives that we lead Um, his presence is made known to this earth. I'm going to get at this teaching with two points uh, that come from this text. First of all, we see in verses 26 and 27 that we were created, why? To enjoy God's grace. Let's talk about that so we can set up this idea of God through us. We were created to enjoy God's grace. Look with me at verses 26 and 27. Here we read about God's creative activity. He has made the physical world in all its complexity and beauty in the previous verses. So he has made the cosmos time and space and energy and motion. And he has made all phenomena from the wind and the waves and the rain to the mountains and the valleys and the volcanoes. And he has made all the animals and all the plants from uh, the armadillo to the ant to the ivies and uh, all the other uh, things in creation. And then he creates a humanity with unique value and dignity. So God created man, verse 27, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So here we see that there is more to humanity than just the physical body. Yes, he creates the body with hair and fingers and toes and all the rest that goes into us. But there is also this spiritual component, and we are described as being in God's image. What does this mean? It means that in a mysterious way and in a profound way, each and every person alive here in this room today has been created to be like God in some sense, reflects what God is like. Not in the physical way, we know that God does not have have a body like we do, but in in a spiritual way, in terms of our, our character, in terms of our intellect, in terms of our ethics and moral choices. We have been created to have this capacity to be like God, to reflect his image to the world. What does God do as soon as he has created man and woman? Look at verse 28. We read that he blesses them. Just as soon as his creative work is done and he blesses them. How does he bless them? He blesses them with the home that is Eden. He blesses them with work for their hands to do. We're told that they are placed in the garden to work it and to take care of it. Work is a gift from God. He he blesses them with, with marriage. They have this great intimate relationship where they can be with one another. Be with the one who corresponds to them. He blesses them, of course, with his own presence. We read that the Lord God walks with Adam and Eve as in at the cool of the day. They are placed in this garden, and as soon as he has created them, he blesses them. Now, why does he do this? Why does God do this? Is it because Adam and Eve have done something to deserve these blessings? Of course not. They've just shown up on the scene. They've just been created. He doesn't bless them in response to what they have done. He blesses them simply because he is a God who wants us to enjoy his grace to us. A God who wants to bless us. See, there's a big difference between gifts that are given out of obligation and gifts that are given out of joy. And we all know this, especially at this Christmas time. So uh, think about uh, the gift, the, the nephew that you have that will come over to your house and won't say a word to you all day and he'll eat food and he'll spend time on his phone and that's, you know, all you're going to get out of him. And you know you have to buy him a gift, okay? And so, you know, you go and you get him some voucher because whatever, right? Um, There's a big difference between that gift and then the gift that you saw for your spouse. You heard them mention they wanted something a few months ago and so you found it and you bought it and you wrapped it and you're going to give it. And there's an excitement you have about giving this gift to this one that you love. There's a difference between a gift that comes in obligation and a gift that you want to give. And so it is with the Lord. When he blesses Adam and Eve in Eden, he doesn't do so out of obligation. He doesn't do so because they've earned or merited it. He does so because he is pleased to bless them. He wants us to enjoy his grace to us Now, if this is true of Adam and Eve in Eden, how much more can it be true for us in Jesus? We read in 2 Corinthians 4 that God has done a work of recreation in our hearts. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Does this work of recreation where he comes to our hearts which might not be interested in him, might be in fact opposed to him and does this work in our hearts where he, he, he changes us and enables us to see our need of him and enables us to see the gift of grace that is offered in Christ. And then he blesses us, blessing us with eternal life, blessing us with peace and joy for the moment, offering us this new creation and blessing us when we receive it. Why does he do this? Not because we've earned it, not because we have anything to offer him, but solely because he wants you to enjoy his grace, to realize that the salvation that could be yours today, the forgiveness of your sins, the removal of your guilt, the taking away of, of your shame is a thing that Jesus offers you freely because he is the ultimate gift giver. I wonder how you uh, think of God this morning. I wonder if you are enjoying his grace this morning. Far too often when we think of Christianity or the Bible or church or these things, we kind of think of, of them as the thing that gets in the way of enjoying things. Or we think of all these things and it's just kind of boring, you know. God is saying, do you not realize that true joy is is offered to you today. I'm offering you true joy in myself, in my son, Jesus. I'm offering you so much more than the world has to offer you. Having created you, I want to bless you and I want you to enjoy my grace. Now let's move from that foundation to see uh, to get to get at this idea of God working through us. Because biblically it's important for us to remember and this text and many others make it clear that this grace we've been given to enjoy is not the end of the story. Grace is not an end in itself. Rather God gives us grace that secondly we might extend his glory. God gives grace that we might extend his glory. How do we see this in the text? Well, in verse 27, he has created. At the start of verse 28, he blesses. And then in the rest of verse 28, we read these words, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. So to humanity, to the image bearers of God is given this task of, of, of multiplication. It's given this task of, of taking the image of God and replicating it throughout the earth. How does this happen? Well, Adam and Eve have their own children who also bear the image of God and they spread out. And their children have children who also carry the image of God and they spread out. And their children's children have children uh, also carrying the image of God and they spread out. So little by little, God's image is multiplied throughout the earth. Why? So that God's glory might be known. Think of it this way. It was uh, popular in biblical days, for, for, and in some places today, for, for rulers or kings to, to set up statues of themselves throughout their empires, especially in a day where there wasn't mass communication like we have today. They would set up these images of themselves so that people could look at the image and be reminded of who it was that ruled over them. And in a similar way, God is saying, I am sending out my statues. I am sending out those who bear my image into this world that my glory and my love might be made known to it. And if that's true in Genesis, how much more true is it for us in Jesus? We know that God has recreated us. He has blessed us. And now he also commissions us, not in the first book of the Old Testament, but in the first book of the New Testament, Matthew 28. Go, therefore, and make disciples. To believers, to those who have faith in Jesus, who bear the image of God, is given this task of multiplication. How is the world to know what the love of God looks like? It's to be seen through the lives that believers live. Why? So that God would be glorified. He is at work through us two closing applications on this idea of God at work through us. The first of them is just a restatement of our points. Be careful not to enjoy God's grace without extending his glory. Be careful not to enjoy God's grace without extending his glory. Remember that as God has blessed you, he now calls you to take that blessing and be a blessing to others. How is this done? Not in any great grand gesture, but in the very day-to-day mundane things of life. Obeying Christ as he has called us to obey him. Loving our spouses, being patient with our kids being kind to our co-workers, reflecting how is it that I can be Christ to them today, looking for opportunities to share what Christ has done in your life, being generous with our time, generous with our treasures, generous with our talents, going out our way to be the hands and feet of Christ. Where is it that the Lord has placed you? A unique set of circumstances that you alone have access to in your own family, in your own office. Understand that I can't bust into your family scene on Christmas morning and start sharing the gospel. I certainly can't bust into your office or your classroom. That would be weird. Uh, The Lord has placed you in that context and wants you to bring his grace to that specific situation. So don't enjoy his grace without extending his glory. Secondly, lastly, the reverse. Don't extend his glory without enjoying his grace. Don't extend his glory without enjoying his grace. What does this mean? It means that God wants to work through us, but it's to be an overflow of the grace that he has given us. So we're not to think of this as some call to go and live the right way and do the right things and be the right kind of person, and then God will give us grace. Rather, because he has given us grace, we can go and do these things. His favor comes first. Our obedience is second. We do not earn his favor by the things that we do at turning this into some form of legalism. Rather, as the gospel has done a work in our heart, as it has brought freedom from shame and guilt to us, as it is bringing peace to our lives, so it's natural and spontaneous and free for us to take that to others as well. Closing story. This Christmas... um, well, I'll open a bunch of gifts in a couple of days and hopefully enjoy the things that we've been given. But you know what we'll do with the things that we like the most? With those gifts that that, that are, you know, the, the ones we're just really pleased with, we'll we'll tell other people about them. Hey, you'll never guess what I got. Um it can be as trivial as this. Are you ready? I got a pineapple corer a couple of weeks ago. It is the best thing ever. Right? Um, if, you have, if you have a pineapple core, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. So just sit quietly for a minute, okay? Um, so you, you get your pineapple, and you chop both ends o- off, and then you set it on the counter, and it's like a kind of drill, and you tap it in, and then you screw your way through the pineapple, and it takes the outward sort of skin off, and it also removes the core. Now, a lady told me between services that you should eat the core because it's very good for you. Um <laughs> It's also disgusting, so there you go. Not only does it remove the skin and remove the core, it also slices the pineapple all the way through, right? It's brilliant, okay? It's brilliant. And uh, I thought, yeah, um, Rosie, my wife, and my my dad picked it up for me in Target one day. And uh, I'm just delighted with it. And so I've been telling everyone I can, and now I've told all the 1,200 people at MPC today, about the joy of a pineapple core. Why? Because... We do that when we get something that we love. There's a sense in which sharing completes the joy of the thing itself. Now, if that's true about pineapple quarters, (laughs) which it is, (laughs) (laughs) how much more true is that of the gospel? How much more true is that of the gospel? That as we enjoy the grace that we've been given, The act of sharing it with others, extending his glory, actually multiplies our joy, actually completes the joy of the thing itself. And so how is God on the move? How is God at work in this world? Yes, through his Holy Spirit, but also God through us, through his church. Living, breathing, walking, pictures, examples, images of his love for the world. Tremendous privilege and blessing, as well as responsibility, given to His people this Advent. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the um, the blessing of Advent and the truth that we've been able to reflect upon together. God with us, God over us, God in us, God through us, all of which return again and again to your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we have um, sinned in many ways. Uh, This isn't even a controversial idea. Lord, none of us is perfect. None of us would claim to be perfect. We have fallen short uh, on a daily basis, and yet you offer us forgiveness. You offer us relationship. You offer us all things, grace upon grace upon grace in your son christ and so we pray that we would receive and enjoy this grace and that with a sense of excitement we would extend it to others that you might be made famous in this land and that we might find our joy uh, multiplied we pray it all in his mighty and matchless name amen